Hello everyone, I'm Mickey Gibbs, Midland County Great Start Collaborative Director and Facilitator for our Community Listens. Today I'm sharing some parenting skills that might be new to some or a refresher for others. As with everything we do as a parent, we are helping our child's brain develop because a child's brain is really not fully developed until about age 22 to 24. As our child develops and grows, our primary goal is to strengthen connection with our child. Today, we're going to talk about some skills that you can use to coach your child or teen when they have a problem with someone else's behavior. And this happens from a very young age up to an older teen or a young adult. Take a moment to think about a time when the behavior of someone else was a problem for you. You probably don't have to think that far back. How did you feel? What did you do? When someone else's behavior is a problem for us, it is often challenging because we can't control the behavior of another person. For many of us, that's very frustrating and it can be frustrating for your child. When your child is in this situation at any age, we can teach them how they can face the emotion that they're having and how to handle their choice of reactions because giving a child a choice is very empowering. So how do we do that? When your child is upset about the behavior of another person, say it's a sibling or a friend, the first important role of the parent is to listen to the problem. We need to use tools such as silence, avoiding questions about the problem, and really trying to keep your child talking about the problem. The goal here in this part is to reduce your child's emotions and the, the level of their emotions so that they can think logically through their choices. So step number one is listen to them. Let them get that problem out and you'll start to see their emotional level go down a little bit. Step two is to acknowledge the feeling they're having as a result. We can say something like, it sounds like this is very frustrating for you. The feeling they're having needs to be acknowledged, but their emotional level has to come down for them to think logically. So step three is to coach them through those three choices because there's only three options in response to the behavior of another person. Those are number one, we can simply let it go. Number two, we can change the situation. Or number three, we can confront the other person. So what would this look like for a child? Let's examine what these look like in two different situations. Let's first think about a very young child. Maybe the child is four or six years old. They come to their parent because their sibling took their toy away. As a parent, we've all been there. Remember, first, we need to listen. We ask the child to tell us what happened until we see their emotions have really vented significantly and their emotional level has come down. They're not crying anymore. They're not yelling anymore. They've talked it out. The first option for that child is to let it go. And this is often interesting in a very young child because I don't know about you, but for my children, they would come downstairs to me and tell me about this big problem because their sibling took a toy away. And then suddenly they change the conversation and move on. It's not uncommon to see a young child be crying about their toy being taken away and they're yelling and screaming. And then all of a sudden they say, can I have a cracker? They have actually moved on. They've chosen to let it go. Or we might simply see option two, which is to change the situation they decide they're gonna play in another area or they're gonna find another toy. In both of these in instances, the child has made the choice to move on without confronting the sibling. 
When my children were young, I often saw my children make these choices. I sometimes would force them to confront their sibling because I couldn't let it go. But that was for me, not for them. Respecting these choices in your child is important. When children let a problem go or they change the situation, it is their choice and it is influenced by their personality, their age, their behavior style, and so much more. Try to respect where the child is in their choice. If the problem persists, they might come back and make a different choice later, and that is okay. Because the third choice is that they wish to confront the sibling about the toy, and depending on their age, you need to help them do that. You will want to encourage them to tell their sibling the feeling they're having, describing the behavior, the taking away the toy, and the impact of the behavior. We would not want to allow our other child to develop unhealthy behaviors like taking toys away, but we don't always have to force a child to confront the other. We need to balance that and we need to respect our child's decision. Let's look at another scenario, maybe a, let's say a teenager whose friend is not letting them sit next to them at the lunch table. Again, not an uncommon problem. And don't forget your first job is to listen to the problem. With a problem like this, that's maybe a little more serious. You might need to listen to your child vent their emotions and talk about this problem many times over say several months. As they express the problem, they can come to their own decision over what to do. And if not, you can coach them through their three options, encouraging them with, you know, explaining the options to them and telling them what they are, but not making the decision for them. Let them land on their decision. They might choose to ignore the behavior of the other team. They may choose to eat lunch with another group and change the situation, or they might choose to confront. And again, you can help them with the wording of their emotions the behavior, and the impact is having on their friendship with this other team. A few important things stand out. No matter what your child decides, it is important to accept their decision of which move to make. And they might even change their minds over time. They might try one option and then need to try another. They might try one and fail and need to think through it again. The parent's job is not to make the decision for them, but to talk about the choices they have and empower their creative thinking and decision-making skills. Also, don't forget to use these moves in your own life. And as your child grows older, you can talk out loud about your problem with another person and how you are working through these three choices and what you decide. It's good to model these behaviors for your child. One recommendation I would have is be sure to pick problems where the other person is not necessarily someone close to the child if you're going to use examples in your life. So for example, I wouldn't necessarily talk about how you're using this with problems you have with the other parent, particularly when a child is young, but you know, you can talk about maybe a problem you have at work or with a friend. Those are great examples to use. Our brains have an emotional area and a logical area. And they sort of function like siblings that have a love-hate relationship. The emotional area is kind of like the bigger older brother. We have to give that area of our brain a chance to let it out and calm down, or it's going to bully the logical portion of our brain. When we listen to the problem, we calm the emotion down, and then we're able to access the logic in our brain that can help us think through these choices. Emotions are important and they play a key role. But I like to say, always give your logical brain the last word. 
And when we as a parent do this and we model and coach for our child to give their logical brain the last word, our relationship grows stronger and our connection grows. We help their brain develop and we help grow their emotional intelligence. Thank you for joining me today. 